Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. It is good to be tuned in with you. We're starting off with a bit of Ed Sheeran today. Someone that I'm not a massive fan of, if I'm completely honest. Uh, It's not really my jam, but I do recall banging a little bit of this album, and it's from 2019. But the reason is because... One of the people who have been on the podcast recently, Angus Grayson, if you didn't check out his podcast, go and have a search of that. You can learn all things about buying property when you need to think about the legal side of things. He takes us through a number of those, especially good for you first-home buyers. But himself and his partner suggested that this is a good watch on, excuse me, Disney, I think it is, not Netflix. And you can learn a little bit about Ed Sheeran and... I was sort of like, oh, really? But, you know, I did suggest to my partner that she sits down and watch Stutz, S-T-U-T-Z. If you still haven't checked that out, you're sleeping on it. You need to go check it out. So I was like, okie dokie, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. And actually, by about uh, episode two of it, I don't know how many there are, I was pretty hooked because I love people like this. Um, Some massive themes in there that we often talk about with Keep the Change, and I won't ruin them. But again, another person with a vision, he's talking about, you could just about, I basically just have to live out the life that I've already thought and written down for myself. Um, and really, really cool sort of person who's just in their craft and loves it and will just play at random places, will still go back to where he's from and just sing in the street, but then could be singing to 60,000 people. Also a good glimpse into singing to 60,000 people, and then you're just back on your own, sitting out the back uh, at the end of the concert, and in your own thoughts, and basically with an air conditioner going, and you do it all again. And it's just a a really good insight as to, I think, those sorts of people who we have our perceptions of them, and we probably don't get too much insight as to what their life is like on the other side. So I don't want to ruin um, too much about it for you, but just seemed like such a down-to-earth dude, but uh, very, very impressive and a megastar. And I find those megastars fascinating. I think I like people who who find their craft and find their art, and that's their work. And it's not really work for them because they love doing it so much. And I find that really, really inspiring. I, I think that's why I love that stuff so much. Uh, equally, I heard Joe Rogan on a podcast from four years ago that I was just watching before, just skimming through and I heard him talking about how one of the prices of fame is that people want to get photos of you and all those sorts of things, and some people think you'd be grateful and it's all good and well, and other times you're just like, this is frustrating, and Joe was explaining how his wife uh, used to think, you know, well, that's just part of um, exactly that, being famous, but then once it started impacting her, she was like, fuck, this can be annoying. But he was Joe was explaining how people will just come up to him and he might be trying to sort out his daughter, and she's having a meltdown, and they're having a daughter-father moment, and people will just be like, hey, 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 like, can I get my, can I get a photo? 
And he said people will basically just prioritize their needs, i.e., I need my photos that I can prove on social media. Look, I got to see, um, you know, Joe Rogan rather than Joe trying to prioritize the needs of his daughter. So really, really interesting some of these discussions that these people have. Um, And just getting you going at the start of this pod with just a random stack of things that are going through my head at the moment. Yesterday, sat down and did a number of podcasts with Mikey. I'm actually recording this on a Monday. This is probably the earliest I've recorded a money mail ahead of actually putting it out and writing it and actually getting it all scheduled. But I go down to Nelson. So by the time you listen to this, I would have spoken at a roofing conference on Thursday, the day before. And then I'm working from Nelson. So today, the day of Friday, if you listen to this on the Friday, and then catch up with some mates and then come back up to uh, Auckland. But cool to be able to get on stage and I'm actually going to the roofing conference that I'm speaking at. I'm actually going for the entire day and going to work from there, but purely putting myself in the room to just learn what's happening in a different industry. I don't have heaps of exposure to that industry. Uh, there are some cool people speaking. I think Hilary Barry might be the MC. She might only be there Friday. Um, or I don't think she's speaking on the Friday. But I'm just keen to see you know, what are they seeing uh, because it's people from all over the country as well. So, you know, constant learning, a theme that often Mike and I are talking about too. And I've got to practice that. So, um, I wanted to hear what some of the other people that are speaking have to say, and, and I'll combine those two things. But cool uh, to be able to tick off. That'll be a July um, speech. I think I've got I've got something locked in for August. I've got something locked in for September already. And before I know it, October, November, December, we'll be here and probably pick up something for those two. So the uh, the speaking is increasing, which is cool, and something that I said I'd share with you guys as I did more of it, and I'll do an update podcast on that at some stage too. But before we get into this week's money mail, the final thing, which is very fucking random that I want to say, is that there's been some real bad shit going on in New Zealand. And for me, I think it's at a really bad time because... We've got people here from all over the world coming to watch the Women's World Cup and we've had the tragic events in the CBD of Auckland which was just down the road from me and then we've had someone setting fire to the fucking hotel where the football ferns are staying and I just look at that stuff and I'm like man this is not a good look for New Zealand. I saw Americans saying out the front of uh, Queen Street the shooting they were saying, um, you know, we expect this when we turn on the TV at ours, not not when we came down here. And I'm like, fucking too true, you know, exactly. And I'm sure we can all relate to that. But, you know, I think some of these things are hopefully one-off and they're, they're tragic as well. And so I think we have to acknowledge the heartache and hurt that so many people will be going through that have been close to that event uh, but also just, you know, what the fuck? Why is someone setting fire to the to a hotel? I just, it's very hard to understand, but part of me gets it because of just the, the way that the, everything is at the moment. But anyway, I was coming to work today and I was scootering and it actually got me thinking. I was like, we need to turn the tide on this a little bit and I think individually we can do something. And so what I what my challenge for you is, is that if you see somebody here for this World Cup, like thank them for coming because they don't have to come here. If it weren't for the World Cup, they probably wouldn't have come here, you know? So if we go back to that, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. And they're going to spend here. They may fall in love with the place, uh, whether you agree with that or not, but they are here. And when I go overseas, I've been so welcomed and I've 
been so intrigued by everything that's going on and I've wanted, well, I've come home with perceptions of the country. Now, we do not want people coming here from different countries and their perception being, shit, you know, there's shootings, there's arsons, there's murders, there's ram raids today in Queen Street, you know, just picking on Auckland because that's where I am, but this ain't a good look. So I think we're not going to just be able to stop all that, are we? But I do think people remember human interaction. So this morning when I was coming to work, I saw a couple of people and they were looking at their phone, they were kind of looking around and you could tell they were trying to figure out where they were going and I thought, fuck, they're probably um, lost and here for the World Cup because it's a random place. I've never seen somebody in that location be like, where are we? And so I went past them and I was like, turn around and go and ask if they need a hand. So I went back and I said, hey, um, are you okay? And they said, yeah, 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 they're Americans. And I said, are you lost? And they're like, no, no, no. And I was like, okay. And... They, I'm like, well, you look lost, but anyway, you know, who am I to say they weren't? But I said, uh, are you here for the football? And they said, yes. And I said, oh, outstanding. Well, I hope you have a most amazing time. Welcome. Welcome to New Zealand. And they're like, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I think there's those like little things that each of us can do that sends a different picture of this country to those people. And that might not be my job. It might not be yours either. But fuck knows whose it is. But at the moment, there's a lot of people taking matters into their own hand to really fuck up the image of this country and unwind a lot of the good shit that other people have done before us. So if you have the opportunity whilst this Football World Cup is on, maybe take 10 seconds out of your day to say, thanks for coming, we hope you love it here, look after yourself, stay out of Queen Street, no don't say that, Um, but you know, make them feel welcome and make them feel special that they've come here because it is really cool that we have this event here, and God, you know, imagine if this is the, if some of the stuff carries on, say, and FIFA go, you know what, we actually regret having that in New Zealand, in Australia, that could be the last time, you know, that would be tragic, because this short-term phase that we're in at the moment will end at some stage, and we'll go, geez, we really blew our chances in 2022, didn't we, so A, see if we can turn the tide a little bit. What one thing can each of us do for those foreigners that are here to make that a more enjoyable experience? Uh, B, get in behind the World Cup as well. Go and support it if you can afford to, if you can pick up a ticket. Go and be a part of that. And go and be a part of something big because there's not heaps of big shit going on at the moment. So whether you're in Auckland, Christchurch, Dunedin, wherever you are, like you're probably close to somewhere, Hamilton, that's Wellington, that's going to host one of these games, Go and be a part of something that's way bigger than New Zealand uh, because it could just be the inspiration that you need to get you through another few months, 12 months, 18 months, etc. It could light a fire for you for later on down the track as well. Now, 11 minutes in and we haven't even bloody started, so apologies about that. But in this week, we're looking at a disgusting income exercise that you're going to want to avoid. This could be one of the most clickbaity titles I've been able to generate, but I thought it really would get people listening. So you may have seen me talking about this on Instagram and I want to break down this in a bit more detail because I had to try and do it as a reel in under 90 seconds because your attention span, well not you but a lot of those people on social media these days, you know what they're like, bloody hell, don't give me a blog, give me a tweet. Oh don't give me a tweet, it's too long. I can already know the answer, okie dokie. So I've tried to extend this out a little bit and give you some things to be thinking about. So if you want to experience a level of frustration, anger, 
encouragement or disbelief, I have an exercise for you to do. It's up to you how this exercise makes you feel, but the above are four words I've been told that have had the desired outcome above. So basically, people have told me this has frustrated them, it's made them angry, it's actually encouraged them, uh, or there's a bit of disbelief as well. So it'll be interesting to see what you feel when you go through this activity. So imagine knowing what you've earned for the last eight financial years combined. Well, you can. Uh-oh, do you really want to know? The IRD will let you run a report of your income summary online going right back to the 1st of April 2015. I don't know why you can't go back further than that, but uh, it is what it is. So if you're brave, go back and look at your income through the years. So here's what you need to do. You need to log into your My IR. If you don't have access to My IR, what are you doing? You're either one of those people that's like, no, fuck it, man, I'm staying away from the IRD. Uh, Got to be careful. Don't want to log into that, man. They might make me pay some taxes or something. Um, or you just don't actually know what to do. So go to the IRD website and you can register to get into your My IR. But it's where all of your financial information around your income and your taxes and stuff like that is housed year to year. So I'd be surprised if many of you don't actually have access to that. But you head to My IR and register if you haven't already um, and go through that hurdle. But once you've done it once, you've done it forever basically. Uh, but most of you would have done it. So you need to find the income summary under your name. Now, under the income period, select other. Now, you want to make your from the 1st of April 2015, and that's the furthest back you can go, and your to 31st of March 2024. So what that's doing is it's picking up the income and tax data from the 1st of April 2015 to the 31st of March 2024, and we haven't even got to the 31st of March 2024, so it's not a complete 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, it's not a complete nine years, but it is right up to today. So you're going to get a pretty accurate reflection of all of the income that you've earned since the 1st of April 2015. Gee, a bit croaky there. This will show you the total that you've earned and the total tax that you've paid, okay? So be mindful that there won't be any working for families tax credits in there, for instance. Um, if you've got a company, it won't show you what profits you left behind in a company, maybe even a trust if that's how you do things. Uh, under the deductions as well, you might have some losses carried forward around rental properties or something like that. But it won't, I mean, it will have those in there. So the deductions may, you may have to click into those to see, oh, what are those that why do they seem a lot larger than what they should? But for the person who has had a PAYE salary through that or doesn't have any of those complications, you're going to get a very accurate reflection on screen straight away of what income and what taxes you've had since the 1st of April 2015 through to today. So a reflection for you is how much do you have saved compared to your income? What about saved compared to your tax paid? Are you over or underwhelmed? Perhaps you've paid down some debt with it. And that's the thing I thought people would go like, shit, I don't have much saved. I feel bad now. But remember, you might have paid down some debt with that too. So a lot of people paying down a mortgage, for instance. So you want to think about where has that cash gone is the actual reflection that you're doing there. Hopefully you track your net worth. And if you don't, this is a good example of like, oh, maybe this is why that guy bangs on about that all the time. Because you can actually start to go back and see, what have I been doing with my cash? Especially if you're doing it month to month, and then you start keeping a record year to year, and then you start to have years and years of data about your financial history. And there's that saying, what gets measured gets done. So the closer you get to measuring some of these things, you'll start to see that you might take different actions 
you might understand it better and you might then have different outcomes. So you want to have a little bit of reflection time at a time in the mirror, you know, just reflecting, going, fucking have a look at my actions here. Where has all this cash gone? Who's got more of it? Do the IRD have more of it than you? Your landlord? Do the bank? Who knows? Just what questions does this make you think about? Now next, you might want to run it from financial year to financial year to see how your income has moved in that time. Now what that means is that you might want to change the from to 1st of April 2015 to 31 March 2016, that's one financial year, and then you want to write down, okay, what is my income in that period? Then you might want to go 16 to 17, 17 to 18, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, and write it down. And you want to be keeping an eye on, righto, what was my income in each of those years. And the first question, of course, most people will ask themselves is, well, was my income actually increasing each year? And then, given that you know so much about inflation now, because you listen to Monday's podcast with Mikey about inflation, you're going to think, what about my income increasing? Was it enough to combat inflation? Now, we'll do an example on that soon. But you want to be thinking, if your income did increase year to year, you want to ask yourself, why did your income increase in each of those years? Was it what you did or was it what the market did? And when I say what the market did, what that means is that basically just a pay rise because of inflation. Because as you know, inflation has been relatively high recently, so people have been getting pay rises that are often larger than what they normally would have in some of those earlier years. Now as well, if you've gone over the tax bracket of $70,000, you sit above that, you're losing 30% of that increase to tax. So when you ask for a pay rise, there's a high chance you're going to ask for a bigger one. So let's say that you're on $70,000 already, and then you get a $10,000 pay rise, you know that you're only really going to get $7,000 of that $10,000 in your hand because a third of it, well, sorry, 30% of it, no, even more, a third of it, so you're not even going to get $7,000. So you're going to lose a third of it to tax, right? So then you're only going to get the net amount. So as people have gone above that tax band as well, people have asked for bigger pay rises so that the net that they get is actually going to combat inflation. So the other point here is... What, why else could your income have right, uh, risen? Is it because you were doing more hours? Is it because uh, you got a bonus, say? Like, what info can you remember as to why your income was increasing? Because then the next thing we want to know is did my income only increase because of those things, or did it actually increase because I became more valuable? Now, that is the piece that we really want to understand. Because we don't just want to rely on inflation, for instance, to drive up our wage to artificially make us feel like, okay, I've been earning more each year, um, you know, and, and realistically, if you can get really hard with yourself, you're like, fuck, I didn't do that. You know, I basically did the same things in each of those years and the market increased my salary and now I'm just treating water by the time I pay taxes and then have to deal with the increase of costs due to inflation. So we're then thinking, shit, did I actually do anything to try and make myself more valuable? So did your education increase in that time period as well? Because learning increases your earning. So don't leave pay rises to chance. And you know this. We've talked about this many times now. What can you do to ensure that you can become more valuable and therefore you can learn more? Now I practice what I preach. I did all of this myself as well. And I actually did it the reverse way. I went year to year first, but I knew for me, well, I got out of employment vehicle and got into self-employment vehicle, so my income dropped and then stayed stagnant 
and it stayed stagnant again, and then really started to increase, and then increased again, and then also had some dividends, which added to my income, I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool, those dividends and interest and stuff was, you know, is, is a nice chunk of coin that I probably wouldn't have had if I stayed in the vehicle that I was in, so I did this too, and I had to think like, yeah, along that journey, I learned more about business, I learned about getting clients, about selling, about attention, about marketing, uh, about building out communities, and then I had to learn about investing, and where to put some of the money that I was making, do I store it, do I buy um, stocks, and okay, now I'm getting a dividend, that's turning up on my tax return too, so I could see all of my learning literally turning up as dollar figures sitting in my IRD summary. Now these exercises can be quite eye-opening, but please use them for fuel, not for negative, because I saw a few people on Instagram being like, fuck man, why do you have to put that up on a Sunday, I wish I didn't do that now, and I get it right, like partly it's funny, uh, but at the same time, it, it can be confronting, and you could sort of go in there and go like, fuck, I wish I didn't know how much I've basically blown if you've got nothing left over, but that's okay, I've been there too. That's that moment where you're like, right, what am I going to do differently? So if you didn't like what you saw, focus forward. You know, don't focus on the past because what are you going to do? Like go around Harvey Norman and wherever else and your local bounce and say, hey, can I exchange some spew for the beers that I drank here? No, don't think so. Can I bring back my lazy boy? No, uh, it's probably not going to happen, right? So when you do an exercise like this, don't get stuck in the past too much. Let it hurt you a little bit. And then take the hurt and go, right, hard things is what we're actually wanting to do and get through because they help us move forward even more. So if you don't like what you see, focus forward, go back to like, okay, fuck, what am I going to do? See, what, what are you going to do to ensure that, the, that you in five years will be proud of the changes that you're about to make today? So you want to fast forward and think, right, in five years time when I do this again, what do I need to do to ensure that that version of me who's five years older looks back and is proud that you did make these changes? And a lot of those things were spoken about in previous pods. So you probably know deep down what it is that you need to change. Now, if you do like what you see, good on you. Like, Well done. Can you share some of your lessons with others close to you to inspire them perhaps? And do it in a nice way, you know, because not everyone likes people flashing around and be like, yeah, look what I was able to save. Especially when people are like, well, shit, I wasn't able to save anything, you know. Then there's that comparison thing coming in. But can you inspire other people or does it make you realize like, wow, okay, I'm pretty diligent at saving, for instance. Can you teach someone who's struggling at that? And I mean, that's the journey that I've gone on is basically, I was an idiot with money, etc. try to get better do some things differently, learn from people, learn from rich people, learn from poor people, learn from clients, learn from clients doing well, learn from clients that aren't doing well, what else can I learn, can I learn from people in America, etc, etc, then I'm like, well, some of these things are working for me, I wonder if I could pass them on and just give the principles back, and then people can decide how far they go on their journey, so maybe you've got some lessons in yourself that you can pass on as well. Now, five years ago, I probably would have been too scared to do something like this. I'd want to avoid it. Now, I wrote that, and I was like, you know what? You know what? Actually, to be honest, I still would have done it, and that's a, so it's a lie. I would have done it, and I would have just been disappointed in the results, and I would have had that feeling in my stomach like, fuck, I should have known better, and I should know better, 
And then I had that like impostery type thing. It's like, man, you're an accountant. What are you doing? Like, how are you getting this shit wrong? You idiot. Um, and I'm sure we've all had that sense of having that feeling in our stomach where you're like, how did I fuck that up again? Like me, what am I doing? I know, like you know better, but then you do it and you're like, how? How does this keep happening? And that is very frustrating. So I know five years ago that I would have been disappointed in my results and probably feeling much like a lot of the people who were commenting on Instagram, where I'd be like, well, what do I actually want those results to look like? But fortunately for me, you know, I did make a number of changes five years ago and they're now comp- compounding. And the key there is five years ago, you know, a half of a decade, if not longer now as well. But those things are compounding and they can't be taken from me, those lessons, unless something very bad happens to me. But I can now stack on top of those lessons. So I can't wait to see what the Luke in five years' time thinks of the next five years income summary. Even I'm still looking forward. I'm excited by it. I'm thinking, holy shit, if this is where I've come from to, to now, to this five years, then what is the next five years? What is the next nine years? What is that going to look like when I do the same exercise? So I hope you have found some inspiration in that to dig in and to do that. I hope you don't let it impact you too much. I pray that you take something positive from it, even if it's not what you want to see. And you can find ways to go right. The, the point of this is to think about what you need to be doing differently so that when you do this exercise in the future, you can look back and go, shit, I am glad I made those changes. They were hard to do. They seemed slow. They were boring. They didn't seem like they were silver bullets. They were just basic. It was, for instance, giving up using credit and becoming a person who doesn't use credit and slowly saving, slowly investing, never logging in to my Sharesies account because I'm just dollar cost averaging, so why do I need to look? Um, contributing to my KiwiSaver, for instance, then at least you know that there's some of that money stacked aside. It could be I took Luke's principle about trying to increase the percentage that you save, and that's encouraged me to figure out what ways that I can add my income. Or it could be I did the exercise where you said take your income, times it by at least 10% and go, I need to make that 10% from outside of my job then what skills do I need to learn to be able to do that? Now you're a completely different person because you've learned the art of creating money via um, turning your skill set into dollars by providing value to somebody else. So you've learned the art of business in that process and you might go, I don't want to do that, that's not my thing. However, at least you now know how to do it. But whatever it is, you're going to be able to look back and go, wow, you know, thank God. I did some of those things. But yes, again, they're not going to happen quickly and they can be boring. Getting rich quickly doesn't work anyway. So what's the point? You know, we've seen the lotto winners, etc. people who inherit money, easy come, easy go. She ends up going back out the door anyway. So put these little changes in place and compound them over time and become someone completely different. And you'll be very proud to do this exercise in the future. Have a brilliant weekend. Go and thank one of those people who are here and say you welcome them to this beautiful country that we have. Did you know 
that there are over 8,000 recipients now of Money Mail via the email. Thousands on LinkedIn too, so that's past 10,000 people who get it now in the written version. Um, there was over 65,000 downloads of the podcast in June. I'll update you once we're through all of July. Now before we go, from the 30th of June 2020 to the 30th of June 2023, so three years, there was a minus 14.9% change in the purchasing power of your income when measured via the CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index. Now what that basically means is that your purchasing power of your dollars in your pocket lost 15% of their value in three years. That is the danger of inflation and that is the danger of not understanding it because if you go on the Reserve Bank inflation calculator and you work out what inflation has been over the last say 20 years or even 30, I think the last 20, basically it's 2.5%. Now that means that every year things are getting 2.5% more expensive than the year before and that compounds and that compounds and I think that basically leads to a 50% decrease in purchasing power. But in this last three years, we've seen a minus 15%. So if you didn't listen to the podcast on Monday and it says, please understand inflation now, Mikey made notes on notes on notes and I tried to pull information out of him. We tried to find ways to make you take inflation seriously because the narrative is now, oh great, it's not at its peak anymore. So we can all relax and that's all good. But that is still going to hurt you if you do not understand inflation. So next week, we'll most probably look at inflation a little bit further with an example. But in the meantime, go out there, enjoy yourself, be good, and check out that Ed Sheeran documentary if you're looking for something to watch. Be good, and please leave a five-star review if you haven't already. Don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me, I can't go five, yeah. On something, on something, on something.